Hey B, long time no see. It's time for your bougie bitch checkup. How do we feel about our body? We know that it's beautiful. Are we being more assertive? Demanding what we want? And how's the bank account? She as fat as our asses? If not, that's okay. We're money magnets. Money flows to us abundantly. Now let's get to some bad bitch motivation for the day. Today's verse. I am a masterpiece. My life is a work of art. Everything I do, quality. Everything is nearly perfect. Doesn't matter how long, I'll tear it down and start over before settling for mediocrity. Because I'm a luxury that not many can afford. I know that's right. It's okay to be high maintenance. When you're the one maintaining, never dim your glow for somebody's mediocrity. They can't keep up, and that's fine. Like Dolly said, it's hard being a diamond in a rhinestone world. It takes a lot of work to be us. And everybody wants to be us. And welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. And live from the apartment closet, I'm Doyen. <laughs> we are back like cooked crack. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, did I tell you about how I was like really upset that people were using Pyrex dishes to cook crack? I'm like, that's. That's premium cooking dishes. Baby. <laughs> You're cooking crack in it. <laughs> We've been using Pyrex to cook crack since the 80s. Where you been? <laughs> now you know where I <laughs> Late. <laughs> Ooh, that's how you get that extra cracky crack. <laughs> so, so good for like peach coffee. <laughs> Other things. Girl. <laughs> how, how did you just now discover this? What happened? Somebody said something? I think somebody mentioned it to me and I was like, wait, y'all using pirate dishes? Right? <laughs> Girl, <yes. laughs> I love it. I love it. That bougie cannot handle. <laughs> so, um, Doyen. I mean, it's been a minute. So what all, what have you been doing, girl? What has been bringing you joy? What you drinking? All of that good stuff. So I'm going to apologize in advance. We may lose some followers, but I finally watched The Color Purple. <laughs> did, did I know you hadn't watched The Color Purple? I think yes. It, it just Cause never got I would have wanted later. us to watch that together. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think? So, I, I was delighted to see the origin of the many memes. <laughs> <laughs> um, my boyfriend was really mad at me because at the end of the day, I was like, well, Mr. Reunited them, so I'm not really that mad at him. And he was like, but no. But I'm like, you already understand that I've seen Danny Glover in so many good places that I don't want to be mad at him. <laughs> um. So... I'm going to say, watch it a lot of more times. <laughs> yeah, he was awful, but I didn't want to dislike him. <laughs> um, watch it a lot of more times. Um, I just think that the movie is so rich with so much. And that mm -hmm. it's just, I just don't think it's something that you can absorb everything in one time in the first try. um especially <laughs> it just depends on how you watch film but mm -hmm. i just it is so much and if you ha have you read the book mm -mm. okay yeah so watch it a lot of more times like 
Okay. A gajillion more times. Because you got to think about it. Like, someone like me has seen this. I mean, I have no idea how many times I've seen Color Purple. Because we've literally been watching <laughs> it since we were small children and had no business watching it. And, yeah. like, there's so many. Oh, my. It's just it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's it's a beautifully told story. Um, I'm so glad you watched it. I'm so glad. I think I'm just gonna have to mentally. Like, I'm be. I'll be mad at Mister. I just can't be mad at Danny Glover. Well, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Like I already love him, and I don't want to unlove him. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, it was a really great, well-told story, and even though it did include trauma, it didn't feel like just the pain of most of these trauma fetish movies they're putting out yeah. nowadays yeah you know but um it was it was great and even like because at first uh, my boyfriend was like yeah you know they were calling her all kinds of ugly i'm like she's not ugly except for when she's upset <laughs> when people mess with her like she's a beautiful woman until people mess with her <laughs> you know like and you gotta understand that but um yeah so it was good i enjoyed the movie I think everybody's mad at me that I waited too long. But, I mean, I think I've seen it on the TV, but I never sat down and watched it. Yeah. So, a lot of things, when I say I haven't watched it, it means that I have not sat down and watched yeah. it. Yeah. It may have watched me several times. I have not watched it. Yeah. That's understandable. <laughs> so, uh, that was a blackening doyen that y'all missed. Um <laughs> Otherwise, um, things are chugging along, hoping to close maybe this week. And um, funny enough, last night I had this dream and just bad stuff kept happening. And I would just pray super, super hard. And then, you know, I'd get past it. And the next bad thing happened, I'd pray super, super hard. I'm like, okay, I woke up. I was like, okay, God, I get it. You want me to pray? <laughs> you want me to have faith? <laughs> but, um, just yeah it was just interesting because right now i've been stressed for a while the whole home buying process really is so i'm really getting to one where i'm like girl just give it to god because <laughs> yeah we gotta sleep and we gotta stop drinking <laughs> <laughs> stop drinking like we currently drink <laughs> so, um <laughs> that said my drink for today, I'm calling it the bad day because something happened and stressed me out right before the podcast. And so I had port, which is like wine mixed with whiskey and that's strong. And then I added some Zinfandel to top it off because I ran out of port. And so, um, yeah, I'll pray for us this podcast. That, that, that really does happen. sound like a, a, a poor life decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our drink. It's a poor life decision. <laughs> Um, but things that are giving me joy, I picked a bunch of Eddie, well, Doyen Piper picked a bunch of peppers today. Okay. So <laughs> I grabbed two of my habaneros because they were ready. I grabbed two of my poblanos because they were turning red and Ooh. that concerns me. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're done. They're done. I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> they then, turned red. <laughs> yeah. Also, jalapenos will turn red. If you I know jalapenos will, um, yeah. but I guess because I've never grown poblanos. 
put on this. Yeah. And then I have this pepper that I don't really know what it is, but there are two that are red. There's two that's orange and there's a couple green ones. I still don't remember what they were. I <laughs> lost the sign for it. Don't know what this plant is. But I was like, if it's red, I definitely need to take it off. So <laughs> people will be like, you know, they'll post like, they're like, this is a meal of all my plants. And I'm like, I'm not putting all of this in a meal. Y'all go get a picture of it on Instagram. That's about it. <laughs> also, another thing that made me happy. We went on a walkthrough last week for the condo. And we looked on the balcony. <laughs> you know what was there? Sun. Yes. <laughs> and it was a cloudy day and there was still sun. And I'm like, yes, it's going to be lit. Good. My plant life is going to be amazing. Good. I know that was a concern. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so how are you? What are you drinking? What have you been up to? Um, I've had so many things to bring me joy. I really don't even know where to start. So, um, because it's been a while. Okay, so we had the fourth, and um, I did get to spend the fourth with my family, my immediate family. It wasn't typically we have our family reunion the weekend of the fourth and we did not do that. We did not feel safe to do that, but I did get to spend mm-hmm. the day with my immediate family. And, you know, we did not get to do that last year. So that was a big deal. Um, was that when you got high for a week? N- last year? No, this year. No. No. <laughs> uh, no. No, that was a while back. <laughs> oh, I Time is a I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> um, but when I tell you Granny used the fourth as an excuse to clean out her freezer, she just, whatever she could find, she put it on the grill. She put mm. a, she lit up two grills and a smoker. She put a whole ass turkey on the smoker. Who smokes a turkey for the fourth? I don't know. How did she have a turkey in her freezer? Because, <laughs> she just have a deep yes. freezer. Yes. Yeah, I was about to say, girl, you know we country. We got a deep freezer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, she used that opportunity to clean out the deep freezer. So, we just had meat for days. Meat. <laughs> um. Also, I got to spend some good in-person time with my cousins. Uh, really hadn't been able to do that, like, over a year. Um, mm-hmm. they came to my house. I was really nervous because it's really like the first time like guests have come over since COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how soon again I'm going to do that because that was hard on my anxiety, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that they came. We had so much fun. We drank, we talked shit. We sat outside, we smoked a little bit, drank a little bit, came back in the house, talked more shit. We just had a good time. I mean, because my cut, we, you know, I have not made it a priority to make a lot of friends in adulthood. And that's mm-hmm. largely because I live like an hour away from home. And uh, my cousins and I are really close and we all hang out all the time. So I just really miss them. Um, so that was fun. Um, I got a happy box from Doyen, um, <laughs> which helped me be really happy um (laughs) (laughs) um i it had all kinds of goodies in there including a note which i don't know have we talked about my love for notebooks 
Like how I buy a new notebook whenever I feel like I need to get my life together. Yeah, we both have a love for notebooks. So, yeah, I had a new <laughs> notebook, which I was like, oh, my God, how does she know? Um, <laughs> and it also had something else that helped me be really happy. Uh, when I, So, we were, our office was closed for a week. When our office opened back up last week, I was really, like, overwhelmed because I knew how much stuff I had to do. Also, Mm -hmm. I forbade myself from checking my email the whole time we were out. So Mm -hmm. I was like anxious about it. So I dipped into my Doyen treat box. (laughs) (laughs) And when I walked into work that Monday morning, the receptionist at the front was like, you were smiling an awful lot for a Monday morning. like yep girl (laughs) so tonight i am drinking um i call this the rosy baby so um thanks to doyen i have made a rose petal infused gin um they're actually so the rose petals are crushed up pretty good so i keep getting uh, a few little pieces of rose petals on my tongue but (laughs) <laughs> it is so good as you can see it's a nice rosy color um unfortunately i only have diet tonic water because um you're trying to be healthy and then sad we can, listen, <laughs> we can blame it on that but really that's just all they had <laughs> and i didn't want to make another stop <laughs> they were out of saint germain they were out of regular tonic water they were out of, they had uh, this this elderberry simple syrup that I'd gotten from there before. Mm-hmm. They they were just out of everything. And I was like, this is a freaking weekend. I Okay, if I come yeah. here on a Wednesday and y'all ain't got nothing. But on a weekend? <laughs> and it's actually it's like my favorite season. spot. So it's like, yeah. <sighs> anyway, I didn't want to make another stop. So, yes, this is the Rosie Baby, which is just, like I said, my rose infused gin and tonic water and it is delightful so i got those gin infusions around christmas and there was only one left which is why like i would have been bought one for me but (laughs) i'm glad that you have it i'm glad that you enjoy it um you did remind me there's one thing my brother got married last weekend and all seven siblings were together We haven't been together since 2016 when my dad passed. So it was great to be like together all in one place um, for, you know, a fun occasion. (laughs) But yeah, so that made me happy just being able to see all my siblings um, and stuff. You know, when you. And I made friends with like everybody on her side of the family as well. Like, I exchanged photos with so many people that night. Um, (laughs) Like, my we have a family friend who was like a groomsman exchange number was it's his girlfriend who is super cute she's like from cuba but apparently cubans have a lot of yoruba culture <laughs> and so i'm like i was texting her today about like the foolishness is going around in cuba so i make a lot of friends i don't keep up with most of my friendships but i make a lot of friends <laughs> at least to start <laughs> That is, you know, when you when you come from a family with a lot of siblings, that is really a feat 
to get everyone mm-hmm. together in one spot right. at one time. I actually, I really don't know the last time all six of us were in the same spot. It was close. Um, 2019 for my niece's birthday. I had one brother mm-hmm. who who couldn't make it. That's usually but it, is one sibling yeah. who can't make and it. And he lives the furthest. <laughs> he lives in Chicago. He lives the furthest away, and he couldn't mm-hmm. make it. Um, but yeah, it's hard when it's yeah. a lot of us to get us all together in one place. So that is amazing. I'm glad y'all had a ball. Yeah, it's kind of sad because I've gained weight, and so like we took all these pictures, and I'm like, I never want to see these pictures again. Oh, well, <laughs> for yourself yeah okay. you, uh, but, um, you know when i do yeah. that i in my mind i go these are the befores okay so let's That's just say it by the way <laughs> yeah. but, uh, his wife um is of the um inside of your hand complexion but she like her family was so welcoming and cool um she really is like just they have such a love for each other. It was her first marriage, and she's over 50. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cute. I don't want that for my life, but I'm glad that you found your love. <laughs> Girl. Uh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see. But no, it was, a, it was a really great experience, and I enjoyed Like I said, I loved, like, her whole family. Her her mom like FaceTime me on Saturday and I missed it because I don't have my phone on sound ever. But I was like, oh, she loves me. <laughs> Listen, my aunt and I were coming back from a uh, a trip the other day, and my phone was going off, and she went, "Is something wrong with your phone?" <laughs> and I was like, "No," and she's like, "Why isn't it making a sound?" <laughs> Old people love to have their phone turned up loud as hell. I was like, hey, Jane, don't nobody have their phone turned up like that but right. you, okay? My phone is almost always on silent, and a lot of times it's on do not disturb, but almost always on silent. Like, the only time I turn my phone volume on is, like, if, I, if I'm if i waiting for something, waiting for someone mm-hmm. to call or text or something, and I'm doing something. So I know I won't be near my phone. This is how trashy you are answering phones in my family. So my little sister's in town. um, And so my sister directly above me called us both. Both of us have our phones on silent. So today I was like, oh, I'm going to put my phone on vibrate. She still called us and neither was answered <laughs> multiple times today. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want sounds because, like, I have a lot of notifications that exactly. I don't turn off. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm just like, at least y'all are favorites on my Do Not Disturb list. That, that is Try my... not to die between 10 and <laughs> 6. I only have, <laughs> like, I think I have I have one, two, three, four, five. I have five people on my Do Not Disturb. No, I have a whole gaggle of people Mm-mm. on Do Not Disturb. Because them the only but... times I don't want to be disturbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have exes that I haven't taken off. And I'm oh, like, you need to take them off. None of y'all need to call Listen, me. you are you are, you are are nice. I have never put anybody that I've dated on my Do Not Disturb. Because, nigga, don't disturb me. So... 
Never. Like, my, like I've never like done my it. long distance ex. Like the first time he tried to call me, my phone was on do not disturb. Then I tried to call him back and his phone was on do not disturb. So both of us had to put each other on, you know, Mm-mm. the favorites list. But I need to clean up my list. You do. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, friends. Okay, so we're gonna move along to our current events. Uh guess this I've started to see, like, I've started to like these double name things. I don't want a double name because I just don't want to spell my name anymore if I get married. But <laughs> I see that, especially with a lot of sorors. It's just like, yeah, well-to-do black women. Um, so, Nicole Hannah-Jones rejects UNC tenure offer and will teach at Howard University instead. Um, she is a Pulitzer-winning journalist and creator of the 1619 Project. And I am so glad that she turned down a position. Because, like, the thing about it is we still, we're trying to come to terms with racism in a lot of places, but academia is not it. (laughs) We don't even try. (laughs) Nope. Well, not we, but, like, as a country, nobody's trying to even come up at the point. (laughs) I don't know if um, you all uh, had a chance to read her entire uh, letter that she wrote to the board mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you have not I encourage you all to do so mm-hmm. I definitely um, I read it one day <laughs> and I'm just like I get it like oh especially... I you know I cried several times <laughs> <laughs> of course you did because I felt that um, but um yeah, like, I'm just really glad, like, I'm glad to see people bring their talents to um, HBCUs. Now, mm-hmm. Howard, I know there's also another conversation about how people feel like most of the attention goes to a few core HBCUs, but at the same time, like, Howard is racking up on some dope people yes, right now. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and that was the thing, too. It's like, I know I've spoken on the show about this before, how, I don't know, angry, sad, all those things. It made me, once Mm -hmm. I realized that it didn't matter how wonderful I am. It didn't matter how talented I was. It didn't matter how accomplished I was. This woman Mm -hmm. is a Pulitzer Prize winner. This woman, she officially has the title genius. She won the MacArthur Genius Award. Like, she's a legit mm-hmm. genius. And they turned her down for tenure. Mm-hmm. Even though she held a position that comes with tenure, it was just mm-hmm. a lot. It was a lot. And I'm, I wondered, the whole time, I wondered had any HBCUs reached out to her. I'm so glad to know that many did. I'm so mm-hmm. glad to know she decided to go to Howard. Um, Ta-Nehisi Coates is going with her. I'm so happy. Like I'm so excited. Yeah. And just in general, the whole tenured path is always just gross. Like, it's so bad in general. Yes. especially as a black woman like the thing about it is we we're always taught you know like we gotta do twice as good to get half as far but it's like so we over educated yes. ourselves yes. <laughs> and we over drove ourselves to do things and it was like at the end of the day we just did not get it and so it's like 
I mean, my work ethic, I'm still going to do well at my job, but I'm starting to be like, I'm not going to kill myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so that you can value me as a human. It's not going to work. It's not going to you know? work. And, you know, um, I, <laughs> I also want to add that this is a really good look for Howard, um, especially after Felicia Rashad put her foot in her mouth. So... <laughs> I just wish she would like let me love her. Like all you gotta do is just not say shit. It's like it's just, so. Like, text why don't you want me text. to love you? Like do your group text and leave me out of this shit. <laughs> and the thing about it is, she turned her comments off, so you knew what the fuck you were saying. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this is a good look for Howard. They needed this. Also, mm-hmm. don't ask me what school he teacher he's a professor at because i do not remember but dr cornell west also was denied tenure mm-hmm. um and i will say this because uh, i had this discussion with some friends about tenure so nicole's case was slightly different because the position that she had came with tenure the person mm-hmm. who holds that knight's chair position automatically has been given tenure after about a year or so. Tenure mm-hmm. don't come that quick. Um, mm-hmm. Or quickly, rather. Um, you typically is going to take five to ten years, okay? That being said, there is no way in hell that any board of any university should have made Dr. Cornell West wait that long because the whole purpose mm-hmm. of that wait is to get published make your imprint on society show what you mm-hmm. are doing to continue society make it a better place all of these things show what you are doing to uh improve and make strides in academia he's done that he did all that before he got there so, um, he, I mean, and I, I guess the reason why I'm putting emphasis on this is because he's not my favorite person in the world, but mm-hmm. he shouldn't have been wait, made to wait and he definitely should not have been denied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like low key hazing, mm-hmm. <laughs> academia hazing. Mm-hmm. Cause especially working in different spaces, like, you know, <laughs> half the time when I get like, they'll be like, goals for the year i'm like listen i'm just trying to keep my job thank you you. (laughs) but in academia it's like oh you gotta do all this extra stuff and i just i don't understand i think it's just intentional roadblocks especially and they're in touch super intentional with black people it is yeah and like there's so much racism that's not in checks in um academia and i had said something on Facebook, and I was like, one day we're gonna unpack racism in academia, but bring snacks and give me a long conversation. <laughs> I I personally am not built for that conversation because I get very frustrated mm. very easily. <laughs> Girl, I, and the first time somebody acts dumb with me, who I know ain't dumb, uh, I'm gonna lose mm-hmm. it. No, like so when I was in grad school, I did this whole um. Get months abroad in India. It was hard for me because I've never been in a place like that. 
um, when we first went into Mumbai, this is a place that has like probably almost a billion people. Mm -hmm. I come from Mississippi where we have 256 million people. And so it was hard and I, I still applied myself and it grew. But then at the end of the session, the feedback my professor gave to me was very personal and I got a B. <laughs> That's what pisses me off was I got a B because she was like, it was really weird comments. Like she said, like she told us, you know, every single session, have a question. And I did. Most of the other kids did not. And then she was like, oh, you talk too much. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so like that's where I really was like literally my grade was just her feelings about me and I was like that's not okay yeah. <laughs> so if I see you on the streets it's on site <laughs> anyways <laughs> so we're gonna move on to a brighter point <laughs> okay CD girls JT says she feels like she's made it after meeting Beyonce for the July party and I and Chris said honestly I would too she said, Beyonce said, she told me I was beautiful and she's proud to and to keep going. God, look at my life. I came from nothing at all. And I'm like, how? How do I get to this life? I can't rap. My singing is a little sketchy, but I just want Beyonce to tell me she's proud of me. I mean, <laughs> if Beyonce tell me she's proud of me, I'm done. There's nothing right. else y'all can ever say to me. Like that is the first thing on my resume. The first thing <laughs> on my resume. And like I will introduce myself forever in life as oh, I'm the one Beyonce said she's proud of. And yeah. like tattooed to my forehead. I mean literally. And the words of Granny, you will not be able to hit me in the ass with a red apple. I I <laughs> there is nothing you can tell me. And like I felt JT's sentiment. Like I felt it. Mm -hmm. Like, girl, yes, yes. C-I-T-Y. They're like, like, yes. Real celebrities meet Beyonce and they be like, Beyonce. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. And I get to that level, Jesus. I actually have a reoccurring nightmare where, like, I meet Beyonce. <laughs> I want to take pictures and my phone ain't got no space. My battery, like, something's wrong with my phone. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I should keep a burner phone. Just in case it's about me, Beyonce. Girl. So we can take pictures. Yes. <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep you one of those little disposable cameras. <laughs> Something. like, and it, But then we can't, like, you know, QC it. That's all but right. That like, don't matter. That don't matter. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I don't want to say it. Like, but anyways, that's one of my life fears, I guess, is I meet Beyonce and nobody knows. Listen, <laughs> all I'm saying is Beyonce tell me she's proud of me. It's over for y'all. It's like, over. I was just gonna like go on to be with the Lord. I mean, <laughs> that's all I need. Y'all really that's gonna hate me? <laughs> Did I tell you Beyonce said she proud of me? Beyonce said she proud of me. <laughs> Every conversation. Remember the time that Beyonce said she proud of me? <laughs> Every conversation. <laughs> yeah. I I really feel like if I ever met Beyonce, my heart would be like, okay, that was enough. That's all you're looking for. <laughs> every, we could quit now. <laughs> every time a celebrity gets excited about Beyonce, I always remember that time that Beyonce thanked that reporter for calling her Beyonce. Because <laughs> he was like, I mean, you're Beyonce. And she was like, thank you. <laughs> like, even Beyonce knows she Beyonce. <laughs> no, like, child. <laughs> 
I was um my job well two things my job had a session with a few people from Hamilton so we have Philippe Sue Christopher Jackson which I want to do it to him ah, forever oh more oh okay. um and then the new Alexander Hamilton and new Angelica okay and so you know it was cool and then on Sunday NPR or Saturday NPR had a session with Philippe Sue wait wait don't tell me and they're like you met Beyonce <laughs> That was just like a lifetime achievement. Yes. Yes. I've got to add that to my prayer list. It's like, God knows the desires of my heart. You should. <laughs> Asking you shall receive. Right. That's, he said, do not be worried about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, <laughs> ask me what you want. Give me the desires of your heart. Anyways. <laughs> Next up. So, um. Serena Williams said there's a lot of reasons why she won't play in the Tokyo Olympics. But also, first, I was like, oh, BuzzFeed News looks like a real news website. <laughs> <laughs> and not that other foolish shit they do. But, um, so, she's already won four Olympic gold medals. So, like, why do you need any more? But she's like, I'm not an Olympic list. Not that I'm aware of. And so, I shouldn't be on it. And she's like, there's a lot of reasons that she made her decision. First of all, it's a still a whole COVID party, so I'm glad that she is at home and safe. Uh-huh. But they were asking if, um, because they didn't have outside um, people there, they're like, would you be willing to travel to Japan without your daughter? And she's like, I haven't spent 24 hours with her, so that kind of answers the question itself. We're best friends. Which I thought was cute, but I also still think it's weird that people call their daughters best friends. Oh, listen, (laughs) I know with, I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, I know that I am my dad's best friend. I am also my mom's best friend, but my mom has other friends, like people she can talk to about real stuff. My dad has friends, but not people he can talk to about real stuff. I am his best friend. And yes, it is weird because sometimes they talk to me about stuff and I'm like, uh, I'm a child. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, so I didn't have that best friend relationship with my parents. And then even for my birthday, uh, my boyfriend gave me a card. It was like my lover, my best friend. I'm like. Oh, we're best friends. I mean, it makes sense because, like, we spend a lot of time together. We talk a lot. But I was just never considered, like, I've never been one of those people that are like, oh, this is my best friend. Listen. Because most of my best friends are girls. That is (laughs) all I want out of a mate is someone who is my best friend. I feel like love and everything else will come. I don't really care about being in love. I want someone that I can look at and say, this is my best friend. I think if you see us interact, and if I really sat back and thought he could be a best friend, it's just I've never thought of yeah. it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was just like, oh, I'm your best friend. <laughs> you know, like, I, so, I want Serena to do whatever she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I did feel kind of sad at first because... I don't know. Like, I feel because she's so competitive, I just feel like a huge part of her wants to be there. But yeah. because of the way a lot of things have happened, she just decided not to. And that's okay. 
But yeah. um, she's just had a rough couple of years, and um, I just love her so much, and I just yeah. want her to be happy. And Olympia this... is everything. Yes. <laughs> uh, she's probably better than me at tennis. But um, Have you seen them already. on Instagram? Like, she mm-hmm. does little tennis drills with her, and Olympia is like, girl, move, I got this. <laughs> she's everything. <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, like, I'm starting to get more and more nervous about this Olympics because people are getting COVID. <gasps> people with vaccines are getting COVID. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, I'm glad that she's not there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's just, even here, the numbers are going up increasingly. Mm-hmm. Um, And people are acting like they, people are acting like we didn't just go through this. So... Yeah, I don't. I don't understand, but I just, whatever. I I slacked up a little bit. I've become diligent again. About, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've never stopped wearing masks like when I go in stores and things like that. But Mm -hmm. I wasn't as diligent about wearing it at work. But I've started back because yeah, the numbers are just going up, and this time of year we have a lot of people coming in and out of the office, and so I just need to be prepared. Yeah, my my old job, vaccinated people have started getting in again. And, I mean, of course, it's, like, just cold. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it just lessens the effects of it. But I'm starting to get nervous again. I'm like, <laughs> outside is closed. But I also have problems, so. <laughs> right. This is a event called Hennessy and Jalof, and I'm like, I right, bought my tickets. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing like i yeah so one thing this whole um pandemic helped me realize is that a lot of people a don't understand how vaccines work which is fine if you don't really take vaccines that often and it's mm-hmm. it, it a lot of people don't take the flu shot i didn't realize that because i've always worked mm-hmm. in fields where i either didn't have a choice or it was heavily suggested. So I didn't realize mm-hmm. that most people don't take the flu shot. So they don't understand how vaccines work and that it does not keep you from getting it. It just keeps it from mm-hmm. being as bad. And the thing about yeah, it bad, is yeah. I still want to be sure that I don't get my granny sick or any, or now I'm having to do a lot with my aunt who is also elderly, make sure I don't get her sick. So it's like mm-hmm. still important. Yeah. Yeah, mostly it's just me and my boyfriend. Mostly, but like, I mean, either way, like, I think um, I am trying to be healthy. Well, now that I'm like, oh, <laughs> this Delta ain't no, right. ain't no game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think I'm gonna limit a lot of. I, I don't do a lot, anyways, in my mind. Yeah, in your but, mind. Um, <laughs> in my mind, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to limit a lot of my stuff moving forward, except for um, Hennessy and Jalof, because I love unlimited Hennessy and Jalof. Sounds like a good time to me. <laughs> it is a delightful time every time I've been. So, <laughs> okay, so we're going to move along. Um, <laughs> this woman in Mesa, Arizona, she goes viral after sharing a photo of her bobcat family. Just... Of a bobcat planning, lounging in her front yard. And so basically, I think these are bobcat cubs. And they were on her tree, and then they moved onto her front porch. 
and it's like they're young so it's like we can't re- really relocate them because they could die and so it's like you just gotta like chill and hope and a lot of times bobcats are not that bad unless if they're rabbit right. and that's when you want to kill people so she just has to like quietly move around <laughs> these bobcats but they're so cute <laughs> i mean so i had to really think about what i would do and at first i was like Mm-mm. they had to come get them but then yeah. the more i thought about it i was like you know what i mean i don't really go to my front door that often except for pick up picking up right. packages and i'm pretty sure if there's a family of bobcats sitting there that the UPS and FedEx people aren't going to put my packages right there. So <laughs> Just meet me in the garage. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, okay. But so I'm, ha- okay. So I'm, I'm right now in the middle of a war with a really big frog. And um, <laughs> he has decided, I don't know if it's a he or she, but I'm gonna call him a he because he seemed like a real fuck boy. So he has decided to take a residence right in front of my front door. Now, for the record, I'm not afraid of frogs. Um, as a little girl, we used mm-hmm. I used to catch frogs and do all kinds of shit, and we used to chase them with the weed eater. That is very um not good. I probably shouldn't tell people we used to do that. But anywho. I'm not afraid of him, but the thing is, he insists on either sitting in my door seal or facing the door. I don't want it in my house because then we're going to have a problem. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I have, a, I, so I won't touch him because as an adult, I realize that sometimes they're poisonous and also I'm just a little more cautious about stuff like that as an adult. So, I went, I got, I have a stick <laughs> that I use to, it's actually my stick that I use to poke ant beds, but that's neither here nor there. I have a stick. I went and I kind of nudged him on and nudged him away from the door. He went away. Fine. The next day he's right back. And we've had this dance now for about a week. And every day <laughs> I open the door and I say something ugly to him every day. And he doesn't. I slam the door, like thinking that that'll scare him and he'll jump. He don't move. He don't move. <laughs> it's like he, it's like he tested me on my own property. <laughs> like I just, I just, I've really had it up to here with him. And like, I don't, I don't want to hurt him. I just want him away from my doorstep. It's funny because my sister found a lizard on her patio and it's been like a gecko. It has been ever since then. She's like, I don't want to go back out there, and I'm like, it's fine. Geckos don't do nothing. Like lizards, <laughs> again, it's not gonna bother me outside, mm-hmm. but if it gets in my house, I'm gonna have a problem. <laughs> and outside, what lizards move too fast? I don't like anything that moves too fast. <laughs> like frogs, I mean, frogs really will sit there. I mean, you can yeah. do all kind of shit around them. They really gonna sit there until you like touch them. No, so. I just have a fear of snakes. That's all. <laughs> but um, somebody on my next door showed like a bobcat walking around. I was like, it was a grown bobcat, so like mm. they had all the muscles, and mm. I was like, no, no. Mm. And it was like it's cool because a lot of times they again they don't hate humans unless if. Um, 
they're rabid and then that's the problem but it's fine they be chilling they don't yeah. care about us yeah okay next up Idris Elba and Regina King are gonna be in a thrilling black western harder they fall movie movie show I don't know apparently Jay-Z also produced it is a movie Jay-Z produced it and so they dropped the first teaser on June 24th and I don't say that I, I love westerns but because of all the names that they dropped I will be watching it the Keith Stanfield <laughs> same same I am not crazy about westerns but I'm definitely gonna watch just because I love the Absolutely. I love the black cowboy um my my <laughs> uncle is um a black cowboy of sorts. He lives in Laredo, Texas. He participates in the black radios all over the place. He he's big into that. And Granny loves westerns. Um so mm-hmm. maybe I'll watch this at her house with her. She loves westerns like Gunsmoke is her favorite show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my ex by cowboy hat in um Fort Worth and I was like he wore that boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't understand but it really turned me off anyways oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pink one from when I went to Texas for the first time I actually don't have it I think it's in Mississippi <laughs> I had it at one point but no I love a, I love a black man in a cowboy hat <laughs> tie him up anyways <laughs> okay so there was a rumor out there that tokyo was building cowboy beds cardboard beds <laughs> because they were trying not to get people to have sex we already know that everybody has the sex on the, the olympics because everybody is hot and athletic and why wouldn't you oh wow but apparently the beds in question can actually support up to 441 pounds and that's two times the average rate of an American man. And um, really the reason they went with that was because they're very reusable. So once they're done, they could break it down and use it into other things. And I love that it is very um, sustainable and reusable. <laughs> and so Irish gymnast, uh, I'm going to try to say this right, Reese. McLennigan um, debunked the rumor by jumping on one of the beds and posting this on Twitter. But before that, it was hilarious because they were like, somebody was like, they're acting like the floor doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter thinking. what these horny ass <coughs> athletes are going to want. Like, I was like, they don't even need a bed. Like, <laughs> the bed is a common courtesy. <laughs> oh, that's real. <laughs> I wonder, like, so I can't help but wonder. How comfortable are these beds? They said they made it really, really comfortable, but it's also very, you know, they can break it down. And and it makes sense because, like, a lot of times when cities make stuff for the Olympics, Mm -hmm. when the Olympics is gone, they have a lot of waste. Yes, yes. And so, like, I understand that. I think the cardboard just holds it up. I think they probably still gave them, like, decent mattresses and stuff like that. So it wasn't like they were just, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I saw him jumping on the bed and it is very sturdy. Yeah. I just yeah. still wonder how comfortable is it. But um we'll see. 
And they do play to give out 150,000 condoms. <laughs> but only as a party gift. I'm like, so you want them to get pregnant? <laughs> like, why would you do I that? mean, most, which I don't know. I don't know. This could be a myth. But I think most athletes, like, abstain while they're competing. I don't know. But as soon as they're done. But as soon as they're done. I've heard it's like a sex fest in the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but after your event. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was reading a book. It was by the girl that did... Um, what was that show with Marta Sh- Meryl Streep that I hated her in? Or I wanted to hate her, but I couldn't. It was on HBO. Oh, Big Little Lies? Big Little Lies. It was the same writer with that. Maybe. Or it was another writer that I liked. But anyways, she was like a tennis well, shit. Um, person. And like, they, they just do it. Like <laughs> They're like, we show up to the, um, you know, the open. And we'll play. And then we do it. <laughs> I mean, like, so I read before that like the Olympics is not really it's not really beneficial for a city in the way that you would think it would be um and like mm-hmm. you said there's a lot of waste and um I can't remember wherever Mitt Romney is governor wherever he was was governor Utah, Utah. no um, he was in Utah. he's a senator in Utah <laughs> He, uh-huh. at the time when he did the Olympics there, I think it was Winter Olympics, that he's mm-hmm. actually, him and his committee, actually one of the few that have ever, like, done the Olympics in a way that was beneficial to their state the and city. Yeah. But that most mm-hmm. of the time, it's just absolutely not. And, like, they, it's just, they talked about how, like, because you think it's a good thing. You think it's going to bring in all this revenue. They talked about how they like hire all these people, don't pay them nothing, put them in like really mm-hmm. bad working conditions. It was just really eye-opening because the way the way countries vie for the Olympics, I always thought that that mm-hmm. meant, you know, it was a real good, you know, revenue, um a good time to turn some revenue, but apparently it's not. Yeah, I definitely learned that after Brazil. They really screwed up. Oh yeah. Oh over. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At that you know what? That was when the when I read that article was around the time they had the Olympics in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, lastly, this is um a Florida man that we actually want to celebrate. <laughs> and not for doing sketchy shit. <laughs> Cause sometimes we do celebrate them for doing sketchy shit. But anyways, so this Florida man refused to sell his home. It's just engulfed by a six hundred million dollar development so basically his dad actually bought the home in 1989 his dad was um escaped cuba and worked double jobs to achieve his american dream and so you know even with his mom when she passed she's like take care of this home and stuff like that and so like (laughs) the people have tried to get offer him a lot of money so almost up to $900,000 for his two-bedroom, two-bathroom, 1,300-square-foot home. And he's like, no, fuck y'all. <laughs> and I am so excited and appreciative of him. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his wife live there. 
And I'm just like, I get it. I understand, like, wanting to live your parents, you know, be a part of your parents' dreams. Like, their parent, his, he saw his parents work so hard for that. I get it. I understand him not wanting to move anywhere else. So, yeah. they're building everything around this house. But I'm happy for them. Yeah. And I hope they can keep it. This story was just so touching to me because... While in this story, uh, I think it's a private company, so it's not quite the same thing. But mm-hmm. lately, I've been seeing so many stories about like um, a lot of black and non-white people losing mm-hmm. their lands and their homes to eminent domain, and they just mm-hmm. don't care. Yeah. And especially when you think about somebody, I mean, it made me think about my family. Um, you think about somebody black who, you know, um, was brought to this country, not by choice, and who just had to work so hard for the land that they have. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just, I don't know, that just really, it's it's really bothering me because it's like, why do you get to do this? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, and, and let me tell you, when it's the government, and they are pulling eminent domain, they do not mm-hmm. offer you a whole lot of money. And yeah. it's just like, well, we want it, so you got to move. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's Two always things. in communities that affect mm-hmm. marginalized people. Mm-hmm. Two things on that. I remember around the one-year anniversary of... George Floyd's killing, and they talked about how his probably great grandfather had like two hundred acres of land, mm-hmm. and they cheated him by around almost all of his land to the point, well, probably all of his land to the point he became a sharecropper. And so that's a big thing. His Mississippians, a lot of people, yep. we had a really great recovery after slavery, and then they're like, "Oh, let's come with some new shit to fuck people up." Yeah. And so after that, like, his family didn't really even strive for owning anything. So, like, they were renters and stuff like that to the point of his life. And so, like, that's when, like, people are like, slavery's over. I'm like, yeah, but the effects are not (laughs) at all by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, we made great strides during Reconstruction and then... mm -hmm. Uh, I don't want to make it sound like Northerners were great because they were not. But when they left, (laughs) then Mm -hmm. everybody was like, okay, back on my bullshit. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, everything that was gained during that period was just gone. And, you know, I feel very fortunate that my family has land and that we have multiple um, plots of land. But we've also lost Mm -hmm. a lot of land because of mm-hmm. things like this and so it's just when just just when you know what someone who is not a white american had to go through to mm-hmm. obtain any amount of land and mm-hmm. keep it it's just unfortunate so kudos to this man for sticking his ground i mean yeah and then the second part i was gonna say is like oh so it's important to be careful about what you support so i used to like be really gung-ho about this um in texas there was gonna be like this fast 
Rail, between Dallas and Houston. But then um, I think my coworker, white people, but like her, her daughter's land was basically going to be a part of eminent domain. And they, like I said, maybe they were going to give her 40K. Yeah, and that wasn't lot. even enough to buy something anywhere else, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it was like, also be careful what you support. Because at first I was like, oh yeah, I'm so for it. And then I was like, no, I'm, it would ruin so many people's lives to do the same thing. Yeah. And so I'm just like, nah, I'm just trying to move out of this country. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're going to take a break real quick and we'll be right back. Alrighty. And we are back and it is now time for our Someone Something. Someone something. So, I have changed the someone something for this week like 50, 11 times. But, there was no way we were going to come on here and not talk about Miss Zayla Avant-Garde. So, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure by now you've all heard about her um, wonderful, wonderful little girl Zayla from Louisiana who is the first African-American to win the U.S. Scripps National Spelling Bee. So, Zayla Avangard, a 14-year-old from New Orleans, Louisiana, cruised to victory with the word Mariah, which is a type of tropical tree, not Mariah Carey, the discoverer of Christmas. (laughs) I heard somebody say that as a joke, and I was like, she did discover Christmas (laughs) despite practicing for up to seven hours a day she describes spelling as a side hobby Zayla's main focus is on becoming a basketball pro she already holds three world records for dribbling multiple balls at once and has appeared in an advertisement with the NBA megastar is it Stephon Curry? Stephen Stephen. Because you know I was going to say Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Curry. <coughs> Stephen. Stephen. Curry. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Curry. Um, Zayla saw off a field of 11 finalists on uh, last Thursday, Thursday before last, to win the title and bagged a first place prize of $50,000 at the event in Orlando, Florida. It was the first time since 2008 that at least one champion or co-champion of the Scripps National Spelling Bee was not not of South Asian descent, the Associated Press News Agency reports. For spelling, I usually try to do about 13,000 words per day, and that usually takes about seven hours or so. The homeschool team from New Orleans um, told the paper, the Times-Picayune. We don't let it go way too overboard, of course. I've got school and basketball to do. Like, ain't nobody got time for spelling. <laughs> Zayla is the second black girl to win the tournament. She's the first African-American, but she's the second black girl to win the tournament. Jody Ann Maxwell of Jamaica was crowned the champion in 1998 at the age of 12. So, um, I have watched 
the clip of Zayla spelling Mariah probably 50,000 11 <laughs> times. I know I've watched it at least once a day, multiple times a day. The first time I saw it, and I think I'm going to cry, but I'm going to try my best not to. <laughs> the first time I saw it, and they confirmed she got it right, and she hit that little spin, I just burst into tears. Like, <laughs> I, I just... I love everything about this child. They <laughs> they did an interview with her, and they were like, you know, because she was just saying like, oh, spelling's just, you know, that's just a little hobby. <laughs> she, I mean, <laughs> do you understand? Like, I want y'all to get how these kids who participate in these spelling bees, they, they start grooming these kids from like toddlers. She literally mm-hmm. just decided to do this about two years ago. And she was just like, I mean, I guess I'll try a little spelling. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were talking about like, I mean, she has, she already is in the Guinness Book of World Records. She already mm-hmm. is so accomplished. And they were like, so you seem like the type of person who just kind of excels at everything. And she's like, yeah, I'm pretty much just do well at everything I do. And I'm like, yes, girl. <laughs> yes. Like, let them yeah, know. I- I will tell you, I won my school spelling bee twice um, and then went on to lose off of bullshit in the regional. But I was always like, okay, I'm smart. I'm going to be good at smart. <laughs> but the fact that she's like, I'm just going to be good at anything that I do, I'm so amazed at her. Because like, I attended basketball practice for four years of my life. I suck at basketball. <laughs> I was like, okay, I was just going to be good at being smart. But the fact that she's like, you know what? Anything I could do, I'm going to do better. I mean, <laughs> she like, is Queen. just... I am... Okay, I... Okay, I... Someone who was kicked out of the spelling bee in the second grade during the first round okay like i didn't even so you so i don't know how it worked at your school but at my school we did so for the school spelling bee you start off with the spelling bee in your classroom and then whoever Mm -hmm. the top winners are in the classroom move on and do it for the school regional for the school before you move on so it starts in the classroom then you do it at the school level and so on and so forth first round my word was picnic and I said P-I-C-K-N-I-C-K. And I still <laughs> feel like I should have been given a little credit. <laughs> but my teacher looked at me and said, sit down. <laughs> yeah. So in fifth grade, the word tamale took my class out. <laughs> oh. And so I went off of unceremoniousness. And then I went to regional and lost off of unceremoniousness. <laughs> oh, wow. a lot of letters. Oh, well. And then I think sixth grade, I went to another private school. They didn't have it. Seventh grade, um, forecaster took me out because why would you put an E in forecaster? Um, the next year, I got something. And then at the regional level, Grecian took me out because why wouldn't you have two E's in Grecian where there's two E's in Greece? Because <laughs> I didn't study shit. Okay, see, that's the problem. <laughs> I was just smarter than everybody. That's that's what my problem was when I continued to get higher in education. And sometimes they required me to study because I was like, I've never had to study. I just use stuff. 
Okay, so um, I can't study. I'm bad at this. <laughs> no, I'm bad at studying too. But um, I am just so happy for her. Um, just the pure joy in her face. I love her confidence. I love how I just love everything about this girl, and yeah. I just love this baby. And I just hope she feels all the love that we are all sending her. We are so proud of her, and we just know she's gonna do like big things um the president of lsu has already extended her a full scholarship the president of southern has already extended her a full scholarship um (laughs) southern also i think they did like um they they made a a zayla avant-garde day on campus Mm. so they give her own day like and just so that you know okay because Zayla's awesome. Her her goal is to go play basketball at Harvard. So she's like, she is she is like, I have a goal. I want to play basketball. She also wants to be in the WNBA. And I'm like, baby, clearly, whatever you set your mind to, you're going to accomplish. So just so happy for her. And I love that her last name is also Avant Garde. Yes. Yes. Diary just. Yes. It, it fits <sighs> okay. perfectly. Yes. It fits perfectly. So um, now we're just going to move right on along to our poor life decision. Poor life decision. So this week, we're going to talk about how to build your self-confidence when you're down on yourself. Um, and really, what I liked about this particular article is that it's just a collection of real life people telling us what they do when they feel bad. Feeling confident Mm -hmm. doesn't always come natural to many of us, but it's something we can actively work on and improve. Research shows that regularly practicing certain rules and habits like surrounding ourselves with people who believe in us or celebrating even our smallest wins can help us feel more self-assured over time. So, the good people at Thrive comp- uh, compiled a list of tips and tricks to help improve self-confidence. So, let's take a look. And um, this is relatively, you know, informal or whatever. So, just jump in whenever. So, tip number one. Think of one thing you're grateful for. So, Lori Jonas, a blogger and author from Red... <laughs> red wing that is hard listen that is hard to say if you haven't been drinking but if you are several um rose infused gin and tonics in red wing is very hard to say so Lori jones let me chat let me chat red wing <laughs> i'm it. giving Doyle a look <laughs> I am grateful that I can say red wing as fucked as, I'm, as I am. So Lori says, um, when she started, she Lori says, when I start to lose confidence or feel frustrated, I take a deep breath and remember gratitude. Now, Doyen, did you did are you the one that told us about gratitude journals or is that something else? Somebody else? I feel like it was you. Uh, I think we've talked about gratitude several times, especially when you don't feel like 
thinking about gratitude. Yeah, but I'm specifically <laughs> talking about journals, gratitude journals. Uh, I feel like we talk about that's your domain. I don't know, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, I thought this was a really good idea, um, to remember gratitude and to journal. I don't necessarily journal about it, but mm-hmm. when I'm feeling down or whatever, I do take a second and just look at everything that I have to be grateful for. But also I would say, even if you just like keep a running Apple note of things you're grateful for, I think a lot of times when you do get down, you just need to like spin around the way your brain is thinking. So even this whole topic is really helpful because I had gone into the spiral of I'm very big about like I feel like everybody hates me and they just tolerate me (laughs) and so just even talking about this topic is bringing me up out of where I was and so yeah do not you don't have to keep a physical journal just keep it on your phone just throw something in when you're ready and I'm so glad you said that because I think sometimes when we talk about journaling people think of it as this formal thing but it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be. Like Doyen said, mm-hmm. you can just keep a running note. Like it doesn't have to be something formal. Make it your own. So I'm glad you brought that up that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. So our next tip, create a feel-good folder. So Snowden McFall, who is a professional speaker, author, and women's coach from Jacksonville, Florida, has a folder that is filled with cards, letters, and posts from people that she's helped and this folder also has photos and images of various vacation spots that bring her joy um this is another good one this really helps me at work because i Mm -hmm. do work in um well i work in the public sector but i often view what i do as service and so Mm -hmm. i have letters and notes from people telling me um thanking me or telling me how glad they are that, you know, I came into their life and helped them that X, Y, and Z. And I often go back to, I have a, I have a cork board with all those notes on there so that sometimes when I forget why I do what I do, I can look back at that and it's a reminder. So I think that that is a very good suggestion. Just have you a feel good folder. Especially for me, I am an Enneagram type too. Which means I just want people to like me. And I get really upset when they don't. So even having like just little phrases of what people say to me when um, they are appreciative of what I do is a good thing to have when I start to get obsessed about the other things that don't make me feel good. Um, One thing that kind of attacks me sometimes is that I don't feel like people really see me or I don't feel like Mm -hmm. they really see what I contribute and I have a second this isn't a cork board it's actually a cork strip and Mm -hmm. on that strip there is only one thing on it and it is a note card from your sister my line sister where she wrote she did this for each of us but It was so touching what she wrote because Mm -hmm. I just never felt like people saw me. I never felt like even my closest friends 
because Mm -hmm. all of my closest friends know I'm not the best at opening up. And I never thought that people saw me or knew what I had to contribute. And so um, it's and the cork strip is right there in front of my face. And I read Mm -hmm. it often like it just it, it helps. So having reminders, feel good folders, feel good reminders in places where you can see them are amazing. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, I feel like people see me when they need me. <laughs> they always see me for who I am and my my feelings and my hurts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I did have when I was leaving my previous job and joining this current job is really traumatic because I was really close to my team, but it was the next step in my career. And I have a um, previous coworker who was who she really saw me for what I needed at that mm-hmm. time, and even now, like sometimes I'd send her something at four a.m. and she's like, "Are you not sleeping again?" <laughs> <laughs> so she literally, as a person, could be my feel good folder alone because <laughs> she like gets when I like freaking out about something and she's like you're you're fine you're gonna be okay yeah. and so i think you yes you will have maybe a physical feel good folder but also think about your feel good friends there's somebody who really understands you i don't know why i'm about to cry <laughs> somebody who really understands you is gonna be able to help you when you do need that yes because it's important And it's actually on the list, but it is important. (laughs) So our next tip is to celebrate a small win you've had. So Armida Markova, who is a startup founder from Chicago, Illinois, says a lot of our self-doubts come from us comparing ourselves to others. The comparison is what drives our anxiety and makes us constantly doubt ourselves. What helps me in these moments is to instead focus on the progress that I am making regarding my personal goals. It helps me to stay on track and eliminates the temptation to compare myself to anyone else. And I can definitely vouch that comparing myself is, is something that will get me down and I just have to pull myself out of it. Yeah. And I think we're both kind of to-do list queens. We're probably better at it at work than like home life <laughs> but there are times when i'm like oh i dusted my my um you know my screen which is good <laughs> you know like and so like sometimes it is like making your to-do list it is really small stuff like i woke up and read a chapter of the bible <laughs> and you know that's good so do not be afraid to you know, hype yourself up for the little things that you do. That's right. Because they all build up into bigger things. That's right. Um, so kind of tying into what Doya mentioned earlier, our next tip is to spend time with people who make you feel good. So Rujita Pendekar and Miss Pendekar or Mr. Pendekar, I hope I said your first name correctly, who is founder and principal of People Plus Results, in Bangalore, India, says, I used to be very hard on myself if I didn't succeed in something that I had set my mind on achieving. Yes. I would keep overthinking and replaying it in my head. Now when my confidence is low, I find that in addition to meditation and exercising emotional intelligence, my family is my biggest morale booster. Spending time with them is a great way to get small doses of positivity and joy when I'm down on myself. And this is so true. 
Um, and I agree with uh, Pendercar as far as uh, spending time with my family just kind of, I don't know, it's like it puts a battery in my back. Like it just kind of charges me back up. Even, even when like the issue is work related, listen, my family has no idea what I do. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say <laughs> that. That is not true because my family does know what I do. But I'm just saying, I, I don't, it doesn't, me going around them and being around them, I don't have to necessarily talk about what's bothering me right now. Just being around them makes me feel good. Um, the same thing I think kind of happened um, with us with movie night. Just It's just a time that we're together and we're talking about something and it's this camaraderie and it just kind of makes you feel better about whatever it is you're dealing with. I'm about to get emotional again. So, <laughs> do um, it, do it, do it. When I was an undergrad... Um, and I got on Twitter, and that's how Chris and I got close. It was just I was weird, and she accepted my weird, and well. so <laughs> that's why we started spending time. And then, of course, definitely this podcast. She has become somebody who is funny because, like, my sisters like stop stealing my friends. Cause <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm close to Chris. I was close to one of her grad school um, classmates that was living in Dallas. And she's like, stop talking about friends. But uh, I will definitely say all day, every day, Chris is one of the people that makes me feel good. Um, I I am so appreciative when she does tell me that she's like struggling with something. Because I'm like, hey, I'm here. Let me love you. <laughs> so I will definitely say um, leaning into the people who lean into you is so rewarding. Um, especially as I get older. I want to be more intentional in where I spend my time and where I grow things um, apart from my plants. And <laughs> that's where like I I spend my time and I grow my relationships yeah. with people who I can see myself growing, doing life with in the future. Yeah. And um, likewise, I felt a... Um... I felt a common space like when we started mm-hmm. talking on Twitter and everything and I was like this feels natural this feels good mm-hmm. and if and it feels which I've always been well to me I'm just me but to my cousins and friends that I grew up with I've always been weird or different but they've always accepted that in me there's nothing that I've mm-hmm. ever struggled with but it was nice to be around someone else who liked the things that I liked. So it wasn't necessarily weird. And the other day, um, uh, when we were having a small home buying crisis and I called you, <laughs> after I hung up the phone, I said, out loud, mind you, I'm in the car. No one's in the car with me. I said out loud, I must really love doing it because I don't call people. Okay. Right. Like normally I would, and I called because I was driving, but normally I would have just waited till I got to where I was going and then text you. And as soon as I hung up, I said out loud, huh, I must really love her. Yeah. I was like, we don't talk on the phone that much. But I, was like, oh, I appreciate her for like understanding that I was having a whole Because down. listen, <laughs> home buying I don't recommend it's it. Stressful. But if you're going to do it, right. do it. I mean, I enjoy not sharing a wall, but I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> so our next tip, take a walk outside. And this comes from Miss Loretta. Miss Loretta, I don't want to butcher your last name. So I'm just going to call you Miss Loretta. 
And she's a coach and a host at Mastermind Lab in Lithuania. Miss Loretta says, I, conf- I find confidence by taking a walk and connecting with nature. There are so many benefits to getting outside when you're feeling down. I try to set an intention such as let me fill with joy and ease. And I start observing and observing. And I start observing and absorbing my surroundings. I don't do this very often, but this is really true. When we first started sheltering at home, and at first I didn't care because I like to be at home, but then when it started getting like a lot for me, I found so much solace in just going outside and just kind of walking around outside. So, yeah. So I my guess is her name is Pivorunite. Well, um but, I kinda so I wrote it out phonetically and that is how I wrote it out. Uh-huh. But I just wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I just say that because my name is very phonetic, but a lot of people are afraid to say my name. And I'm like, it's just phonetic. So um, <laughs> a little tip just to, I mean most languages other than English because we are jerks but most other languages are very phonetic mm-hmm. which is great <laughs> and Americans are really afraid of vowels for a certain reason I don't know yes. but back to the take a walk outside also we all know vitamin D is good for us Chris don't laugh <laughs> <laughs> why did you stop me you knew I was about to say he want to give me like, that vitamin D. <laughs> anyways, so it's needed. And so sometimes stepping outside, if you have a patio, taking a second or taking a walk. I know at the beginning of the pandemic, I used to walk all the time outside because I was like, I really um, sensitive to like cabin fever. So I would take walks and stuff like that. And so um, we haven't been taking walks as much. So now that I take Roxy out, she's like, <laughs> I just went go and I'm going to get back in the house. I'm like, you lazy. We need to go on a walk. But at the same time, like, there is a lot of benefit to being in a space that is natural compared to the spaces that we live and breathe in right now. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was about to say. So yeah, I agree that <laughs> that is very that it is very important um to get out and just I don't I don't consider myself to be necessarily one with nature, but I do love going outside and it helps. So our yeah, I'm definitely an indoor cat, but sometimes <laughs> I get outside. Right. right. Okay. So our next suggestion is to give yourself compassion. And this is coming from Miss Anastasia Kanoan or Kanoian from La Habra, California. And she says, when I'm feeling down on myself, I decide to take it easy. I don't do anything too strenuous or challenging. I prepare myself a healthy lunch, listen to a motivational podcast, and just allow myself to feel what is trying to come forward. It's truly important to just listen to your body and do what feels the most natural in that moment. You can't force yourself to snap out of anything. So this is a big one and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because we, we talk about it every week. Give yourself grace. 
give yourself compassion, show yourself the same compassion that you show your friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also spend a few minutes on TikTok sometimes when you're stressed. <laughs> 10 out of 10 agree. <laughs> um, so the next tip is to uplift someone else around you. And this comes from Suzanne Schnars, who is an engineer in Waldrick, New Jersey. I find that encouraging others when they lack confidence and sharing experiences that uplift oftentimes will often help with my own confidence levels. As I share those words of encouragement and positive feedback, it also helps me realize those words could be applied to me when I lose my way. So um, this is not something that I've ever tried when I'm feeling like uh, a a little drought in confidence, but I Mm -hmm. do use this when I am feeling helpless. When I feel helpless, it helps me to help someone else and it makes Mm -hmm. me feel better. So I am definitely going to implore this. I am going to try this because I do know that it definitely helps when you feel like you can't do anything for yourself, do something for somebody else. And it helps. Yeah, a few things with me, like, I I understand people really well. And so I'm able to be like, okay, I see this in your personality. I want to uplift this in your personality. And because it's so effortless for me to do with other people, it's like, it's... it's it's releasing for me, yeah. you know, like this is, this is the thing I don't have to work hard at, <laughs> you know, like I can be like, you're, you're really great at this. And so that makes me feel better by itself. Yeah. Now I do have to work on being better at turning around to myself and I'm working on that. That is what my goal for year 33 is to learn to love myself and not judge myself. But um, because I see that it's so effortless in me, to do it with somebody else, I'm like, I can't do it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our next suggestion, try a positive mirror affirmation. And this is coming from John Kenny, who is a relationship coach in London in the UK. So Mr. Kenny says, I used to struggle with my self-esteem and was often down on myself. I began to change this pattern by using positive affirmation statements, but nothing seemed to stick at first, as my brain was rejecting them immediately. I soon realized I was going too big too soon. So I started small, saying things such as, you're okay. I ended up adding more positive statements over time. And now when I struggle with myself, I look in the mirror and say the one thing that lifts me up from my negative space. So that was the suggestion from Mr. John Kenny. Um, I personally love mirror affirmations. I don't do them as much as I used to, but um, Mm -hmm. they've definitely worked in the past for me. Yeah, I, I'm good with using affirmations that, like, speak to my prowess and my strength. Um, other things, like right now, I'm probably about 30, yeah, 30 pounds more than what I weighed last year. Um, I had seven years worth of dreads last year. I am bald headed this year. And so a lot of times looking at myself in the mirror, I'm not happy with who I see. 
So I'm going to start with saying that, you know, you're fine. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're you're not ugly to look at. And so I like the idea of moving up because a lot of times I do try to start with big things. I'm like, you're beautiful. And I'm like, no, I don't feel beautiful. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to say I'm beautiful. And yeah. so starting little and moving up is actually a great idea. So, yeah. Um, I was talking to a teenager once and I, I was, she was floored when we were talking and I told, I gave her an assignment. I said, this is what I want you to do every morning. I want you to look at yourself and tell yourself you're beautiful. And she thought I was being silly, but I was like, no, I literally tell myself that every day. Like, <laughs> and some days it ain't it, but still, <laughs> But, you know, sometimes I have, sometimes I just have to look at myself in the mirror. I've literally done this at work. I have gone to the restroom and looked at myself in the mirror and said, you are who you are. And I call my whole name because sometimes I need to remind Mm -hmm. myself of who I am. And Mm -hmm. also it helps a very, especially when I started the position that I have now, it was so, it was so overwhelming from the very beginning. I would go in the restroom and look at myself in the mirror and be like, you know what? You wasn't the first one to do it. And I'd be, goddamn, mm-hmm. if so-and-so was smarter than you, you can do this. So, you know, it helps to look you, look yourself in the eye. It helps. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing with me is, like, I've never felt less than, like, on a knowledge base. But everything else, I'm like, I don't know. I've, I have never <laughs> and, felt less than in any area. So I don't want anyone to think yeah. that that's what it takes because I've honestly mm-hmm. never felt less than. I've never felt unloved. I've never felt unbeautiful. I've never felt like I wasn't smart or intelligent. And I've always had things to back me up in those feelings. However, mm-hmm. we all run into instances. And so it's not even an intelligence thing. It's just that me being very overwhelmed. And so I have to remind myself Mm -hmm. that it is okay. You will get it because someone else Mm -hmm. got it and they ain't better than you. You know, I don't want people to look at these things that we're suggesting and thinking that this only applies when you're feeling super down in the dumps or if you necessarily have low self-esteem because that's not what we're saying because I don't think either one of us particularly have low self-esteem. It's just sometimes mm-hmm. you can get overwhelmed by a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, our next tip is to keep a confidence file. Now, I really won't go into this one because it's basically just like the previously mentioned feel-good file. It's just that Claire Drake, who is a life coach in Bristol um, in the UK, she just keeps a Google Doc but it's essentially the same thing. Um, That's where my papa went to college. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, Manchester University. Oh, I did not know that. Why? That's why, why I call myself that? a little bit British, and people are like, you're not a little bit British. I'm like, my dad went to school. Listen, claim it. Claim it. <laughs> claim it. <laughs> um, and so the last tip that they offer us is... Think of a time when you overcame self-doubt. And this is coming from Kristen McInoff, who is a book consultant and author in Royal Oak, um, Missouri. Is that Missouri? Michigan. What is M-I? 
I, I don't know. She's from in the English U.S. It's not my first language. <laughs> I wish y'all could see the look I it just is. gave Doria. <laughs> um, anywho. So she says, to boost uh, my self-confidence, I recall a time when I overcame my self-doubt and made it across the finish line. So that basically just ties back into what we were just talking about. And, um, you know, I do this often. I I get easily overwhelmed. Like, I, mm-hmm. it is very, no, I take that back. I'm not easily overwhelmed. I'm easily frustrated, though. And sometimes mm-hmm. I have to stop and remind myself, listen, you've overcome way more than this. You can do it again. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we just have to give ourselves that little pep talk. Yeah, especially like with my role, two years will be September, and <laughs> every time my boss is like, I can't imagine how you came up to speed so quickly because I had to come up to speed both in finance and technology at the same time, <laughs> and so while I remember my frustration with not coming up to speed immediately, I also use that to help other people to come up to speed better and that's why i'm kind of really passionate about onboarding because i'm like i don't want you to struggle like i struggle <laughs> i've heard you talk about that like several times yeah. not that particular story but just how you are about like not wanting other people to struggle or not wanting other people to have to deal with the same set of scenarios that you had to deal with and i think that's yeah. great because so often we don't pay it forward. So I think that's great. My, that yeah, my mentor told me, like my church mentor told me, she's like, God will never let you cry in vain. And so mm-hmm. like the the grief that I experienced with my dad, the other things that I've struggled in my walk, in my Christian life, in life in general, I always want to help somebody else who's in that same place so they don't have to deal with as much as this stuff like there's still some things where you're like i'm gonna see for myself which a girl <laughs> i follow on tiktok's like hilarious she's like a christian chick she's like i'll see my for myself and then she go back to god and be like yeah that was me <laughs> and i was like yeah, you saw but um that that is one big thing about me it's like once i get to a certain point i want to bring somebody up and so you know feel the pain that right. I had to feel. That's right. That's so. right. Well, um, as always, the article will be in the show notes. Um, Doyen, uh, do you have anything else you want to add before we close this section out? Nope. Y'all are great. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. So, as y'all know what time it is, let's move on to our favorite part of the show. The Bayou Look at me, breathing. <laughs> um, you can go first because I don't quite know how to word mine yet. Okay. I'm buying a drink for Chris because oh. I ain't seen her in a while and I missed her and I love oh. her. And she she talks to me through all of my house freakouts. <laughs> well, thank you. I will be taking two drinks. <laughs> okay. And then I have a second set of drink for my, my house buying support group, which is my my sister, your line sister, my That's brother, right, who's a real estate agent, and my mom. And I text them with every update. And I'm like, I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, it's going to be fine. So, <sighs> um, 
they're they're super great. I just I don't like the knowns. I like stability, and this is the least stable thing I've ever been through in my life. So. <laughs> Just think about how great it will be when you get to the other side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, I'm still not sure how to word this, so I'm just going to let my brain do what it does. So, I want to offer up a prayer and a drink just to all of us who are constantly realizing that adulthood sucks and i am not Mm -hmm. even talking about the regular adulting as far as paying bills and being responsible and that kind of shit i'm talking about the cycle of life and getting older and shit just being so different from what you thought it would be um there's so many days I feel like, Lord, I didn't ask for this. Like, I <laughs> I really just, first of all, I wanted to be 16 forever. I didn't want to be grown, no way. But in mm-hmm. adulthood, I really just wanted to be able to lay up when I got ready. I really didn't want to, uh, I really didn't want all these other things that come with it. And um, just life comes at you really fast. And there are so many people in my life that I know are struggling with so many different things right now. And, and even in that, there's so many people who we don't know what they're struggling with. So I just offer a prayer and a drink to everyone who is trying to figure this shit out, whether it is, uh, grieving, whether it is trying to figure out finances, Um, and just all the shit that comes with getting older and looking back at all the people who were there before who aren't there now and who you just never thought that life would be like this. Um, I love you. I am here for all of you. Like I, all of you, I, everybody who hears this, like you are literally in my prayers. I am not making that up. I pray for everybody. Um, because it's not fun. So, Doyen, let's tell people how to talk to us. In the words of Kendrick Lamar, we gonna be all right. <laughs> uh, so we are on the Instagram. It's poor life decision. One decision because we're changing them one at a time. It's also the name of our Etsy page. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a thing that I'm going to put up there. I just haven't yet. Y'all bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be great when it gets up there. Um, we're also on the Twitter. It's PLDPod. Um, I think TV life is about to get back lit. And we're excited to talk about it. Um, I have forced my boyfriend to promise that we're, he's not going to watch American Horror Story without me. And it's because I'm scared to watch it by myself. <laughs> I haven't started yet. I think I'm going to start it tonight. Uh, not tonight. Not <laughs> but um, also you can email us at hello at poorlifedecision.com. I promise y'all, like... We are a podcast for the people. So if there are any for life decisions that you want us to talk about, 
please let us know and we'll definitely do the research and do the work for you mm-hmm. because we we all are better as a collective that's right <laughs> that's right um and as Doyen said like we cannot we cannot tell you enough how much cute stuff is on Etsy and I'm telling you that I have not met a single person yet who doesn't love the may contain alcohol mug like not a single person <laughs> I literally, so I had it, I wasn't drinking out of it, but it was on the counter because I had drank out of it earlier. I literally mm-hmm. had to like threaten my cousins. If my mug is missing, I'm coming to your <laughs> house and getting my mug. So I know what I will be getting each one of them for their birthdays. Um, <laughs> and also just remember that, hey, even, well, I don't know how it is for y'all, but lately we've had a lot of overcast cloudy skies guess what you still need your sunscreen drink plenty of water take your meds love on yourself love on each other um anything else we want to remind people doing it my little sister told me that mushroom is one of the best food providers of vitamin d I love so mushrooms. if you don't want to take your uh, vitamin d vitamins you can also take mushrooms amen it'll be good amen All right. (laughs) Well, we love y'all. See you next week. Bye. Love you. Bye. Uh, I put on my jewelry just to go to the bodega. And I keep it with me just so that I'm feeling safer. Fendi on my body, but my feet is in Bottega. Bitch, I'm getting money. Give a fuck about a hater.